Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello and welcome to the Sports History Network Showcase, our in-house show featuring SHN podcasters talking sports, talking history, and talking sports history. My name is Oz Davis, host of the Sports History Network's Truth of the Goats podcast. And on this episode of the Showcase, I'm talking with Greg James, co-host and producer of the new Sports History Network podcast from the 55-yard line. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? I'm not bad. Not bad. A bit weird, at least in terms of the Canadian Football League. This is a bit of an emergency edition of the SHN Showcase. Is, is this week some news that CFL fans, at least, have all been waiting for regarding the 2021 Canadian Football League season? Uh, some news was dropped by Commissioner Randy Ambrosi on. April 20th. I don't know if that's significant anyway. Uh, as much as I want to jump right into those particular developments, though, Greg, I'll stay civilized and ask you first. You're an American. How'd you get into the CFL? Well, I first learned about the CFL in the library of all places. Now, I'm in my 50s. So back as a kid growing up, we didn't have access to CFL on radio. CFL on TV. So the, the place where I learned about the league was in the library. And for years, I followed the league, whether it be through newspaper clippings, whether it be through magazines. I missed out in the 80s. And I did watch when the CFL was on down here at the state down here in the States, when it occasionally came on, I watched some of the games when they were on, but oftentimes, there was no CFL down here to be had. During the 80s American expansion, I'll be honest, I was single, I was working. My weekends were devoted, spent a lot of time in the pubs. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't, I missed the whole American expansion at, back then. Mm. And, but it wasn't until, so I've always been a CFL fan. Wait, 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 you're hanging out with, you're hanging out at pubs. What, what were you watching? Well, American games, there was no CFL. <laughs> Right. right, right. There was no CFL. And you know what? If we're pretty, you know, you're at a pub, you're at a bar, you know, and you're single. Football wasn't my complete focus back then. <laughs> I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Okay. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the CFL. Um, right now, the league is at, let's say, interesting crossroads uh they haven't played a game since the 2019 great 
Cup championship because of, you know, COVID. Stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, and on the 20th, Commissioner Ambrosi announced that the season would, in fact, be played. But it'll be 14 games instead of the usual 18. It will start in August rather than in June. And the Grey Cup in Hamilton will be played in mid-December rather than late October. Now, I'll play a bit of a clip from Ambrosi's appearance on CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Company. Uh, As you try to do that, what else do you need other than bums in seats to make it financially tenable for the owners to say, yes, let's go ahead? Well, that really is the most important factor, Suhana, is that we get a we get a reasonable level of attendance in our stadiums. Our, our teams have been amazing. They're prepared to be quite creative. We're talking about the possibility of moving our early games in the season to the West, mm -hmm. where we have been given some guidance that we may see uh, fans allowed in stadiums earlier than, uh, say, in the East, perhaps, and then have our teams travel back. What our, what our teams have said is they're willing and ready to be creative in pursuit of a uh, of a 14-game season. And uh, and quite honestly, Suhana, I think we're going to make it happen. And December 12th, I'm shivering already just thinking about my bum in the seat in Hamilton. Um, do you think that's going to be – I mean, that's just Canadian football. Okay, so Greg, what did you think of this news? Uh, how did you take it? What was your, what was your, what was your hot take? Well, I'm glad he came out with something because he, obviously he's reading Twitter and he is <laughs> he is seeing the fan reaction at this point from many, including myself, asking, give us something. Give us anything. Now, him saying they're going to be playing is great. I, I, I applaud him for saying what he said. But much like when... I was in uniform over in Iraq when the high-ranking general would come in and tell us, yes, this is the plan. Here's what we're going to do. This is going to be great. Uh, you know, this could, this could probably change. Though, I'm confident they're going to play. But we don't know what's going to happen a week from now, let alone a few months from now, when they're supposed to start. For those not in the know, uh, last month, league officials pretty much shocked all North American football fans when they announced that they'd been holding talks with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and the other uh, owners of the XFL on possible partnerships and marketing and whatnot. Uh, now, here's, here's some of what Commissioner Ambrosi had to say about that collaboration in part, uh, along with the announcement of the CFL kicking off in August and whatnot. Okay, here we go. Right now, it's trying to understand how working together could lead to a better outcome for both leagues. Uh, here's another one. There's a lot of heavy lifting that has to be done to try and understand what the possibilities are. Right now, we're trying to understand what the opportunity could look like. That work continues, but it's being done in a very positive way. The bottom line for me is that talking with them just reinforces that these are truly world-class people. It's been a real passionate exploration of what we might do to improve the business for everybody. And if we can do that, who knows? One more. There's almost an infinite possibility of good outcomes, but it's got to start with making sure we can improve our business model so it matches the quality of the game itself. So 
let me ask you, Greg, um, where are you on the whole XFL-CFL partnership, these sweet nothings notwithstanding? As somebody who loves the CFL, I honestly, if given a choice, don't want the CFL to change. Hmm. With that said, anybody who's watched a CFL game in the last, really, ever since they've been on American TV, has noticed a every season there seems to be less and less people in the stands. So it makes sense for them to, you know, it makes sense for them to, the, the two to talk. My opinion of the XFL is not painted by what's happened in the past with the XFL. Obviously last year, that was a, how should we say, a, a pandemic is a one in a hundred, hundred year event. Wasn't yeah. the XFL's fault. They were, they, they were fully funded. They had money and it was a quality product. What happened in 2001, that's not even the league that we're talking about here. But when they came out with the announcement, it didn't surprise me at all because anybody who's followed the CFL knows they've always financially struggled. And with the pandemic, it, it, I don't want to see the CFL change, but I know change is inevitable. So I'm, I'm rather accepting of it. Hmm. Okay. But see, I wanted to say, I wanted to say before the league that we're talking about now is not even the league that we're talking about now. Correct. The XFL is talking about not even rebooting until 2023, maybe. Right. And the truth is, is that what is the XFL right now? It's nine logos and certain other intellectual properties and maybe, maybe some relationship, maybe some relationships with the venues. That's it. That's what the XFL is right now. Well, actually, it's down one logo because the Houston Roughnecks gave up their logo. <laughs> okay, a technicality. Okay, so so they're eight and a half. Okay, they're nine brands and eight logos. Okay, but, you know, again, the point is, and this is what keeps blowing my mind about this, the CFL is, has its roots, you know, going back over 110 years. And you know, here's the XFL who has, which has one and a half seasons under its belt, you know, in 21 years. That's not an awesome record, you know. Uh, I really fear for the future of the CFL. I do too. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about quite possibly the greatest website of all time, newspapers.com. If you're listening to this podcast or any of them at the Sports History Network, you're probably into sports history. And you probably also know that for learning about anything prior to, say, 1990 online, the typical search engines like are nearly completely useless. But then there's newspapers.com. Newspapers.com gives you access to over 640 million pages worth of news from North America, Britain, Ireland, and more, dating from 1798 to 
to last week. Do up a search for Super Bowl One, the 36th Berlin Olympics, Wayne Gretzky's first game, whatever. Newspapers.com takes you there with historical flavor that search engines like just don't give you. And now, get a free one-week subscription to Newspapers.com by visiting SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash newspapers. With a paid subscription, you'll also be helping to support the production of this podcast and other Sports History Network shows. That's SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash newspapers. Newspapers.com. Way better for searches than you know what I'm talking about. Professional football in North America, be it from the 50 or 55-yard line, is a special, unique, and rare game for those who have played it make it so. The heroes of the game, which recalls for many the glory of youth, for the true fan remain timeless, ageless, and forever part of a story that began long ago. I understand, Greg, that you just recently started podcasting. So what's what's the story there? How'd you get into it? Well, um, I've always wanted to get into podcasting because I've always wanted to talk about football and made, struck up a friendship with Scott Adamson, who's a retired sports writer, who wrote a great book called The Home Team, My Bromance with Off-Brand Football, which is a great book on Amazon about Scott's experience as a sports writer covering pro football in Birmingham starting with the WFL Birmingham Americans up until the AAF's Birmingham Iron. And he's a huge CFL fan. And he covered the Barracudas during their one season down there. So he's got some great stories. Mm -hmm. So that's how we started the podcast. Him and I, let's talk books. Let's do a podcast on not only football history, but football history books related to both American and Canadian football. That was the one spot in the in podcast land that both of us have not seen covered. So we've got one episode in. We've got several more planned. But, uh, yeah, we've just got the one episode in. So The name of the podcast is from the 55-yard line. Um, as Greg was saying, only one episode is currently available. Uh, in that episode, of course, you interview your co-host, Scott Abramson, on his book, the home team might romance with off-brand football. Um, so can you tell us what you and Scott are planning to do on From the 55-Yard Line? Do you have any future episodes mapped out? I always ask my guests for a teaser of future episodes. You got anything for us? Well, for the next next few episodes, we're going to do our plan for upcoming episodes includes history of talking to two authors about the history of pro football in Baltimore, which covers both the NFL the CFL, the USFL. We're also going to planning on doing a show on pro football in Japan. Mm. And then we'd like to highlight a lot. There's a lot of good books by former CFL players that hopefully we can get on the show and, and talk about their CFL experiences. I got to take a look at the Angela Mosca biography. Autobiography. Oh, Yeah. You got to take a look I, at that one. Know, that's a killer. I have not read that one. I know neither has Scott. So that's a that was a sub that was one person in particular that we had talked about that we really need to dive deep into the literature and and learn more about. Yeah, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a shameless plug here for my own show. That's truly the goats. Uh, did an episode on Angela Mosca, the classic 
WWF, not WWE, WWF wrestler and CFL player. Um, played in eight great cups, I believe. Probably a record that will never be broken, uh, as they say. Um, and when I was doing that podcast, I had to stop myself from cribbing constantly from his autobiography. <laughs> there is so much good stuff in there. There's so many good stories. And, 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 you know, clearly he's done the research on his own life to get the particulars correct about the games and stuff. But he's in classic games like the, the Fog Bowl and the Wind Bowl and, you know, all those great games between Hamilton and Winnipeg, uh, which we may get this year <laughs> in, the, in the Great Cup. Um, just fantastic stuff. I can't recommend that book highly enough. Now, you dropped this in there, and, and I got to get a little bit more on this. You don't have to give me too much behind the curtain stuff, but professional football in Japan is there professional football in Japan? There is. There's the X League, which okay. is a pro football league, and it is kind of akin to it's it's more semi-pro than pro because okay. the X League is the highest level of, of football in Japan. And all the teams are company sponsored teams. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of compare it to from at least my understanding say the Decatur Staley's of 1920. Sure. Yep. 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 There's a reason why it's the Green Bay Packers. You know, there's a reason right. why. You know, uh, these, these all go back there. And we also forget that uh, the AAU, this was the AAU, right? right? The AAU was almost like a city softball league nowadays, right? It's right. Your, your company makes a team to the point where the big companies are recruiting the pro athletes, you know, folks like Babe Didrikson to play on their team. That's yeah, so wild stuff, wild stuff. Right. Uh, okay. I will get you out of here, Greg, but I've got one final question for you. I like to ask these guests on the showcase whenever possible. What are your three favorite sports teams? Oh, good question. Oh, it's an easy one for me. Okay. Baseball is the Cubs. Okay. But I do root for the White Sox. I'm one of the few in Chicago that roots for both teams. Wow. Well, back when I grew up, they both sucked, and they never played each other. <laughs> so it was hard to root for one or the other, or one against the other. In terms of football, I love my Arizona Cardinals because they are a Southside mm. Chicago team. Okay. Okay. And, uh, Blackhawks. I'm a Chicago guy, so I root for all the Chicago teams. And in terms of college sports, go Navy. Obviously, obviously. Yeah. But but you got to take it down to three. Got to give me your three. three. And I'm also kind of surprised. I'm also kind of surprised that you don't have a CFL team in there and that you don't have the Chicago Bulls in there. If a Chicago Bulls player walked down, if I passed a Chicago Bulls player downtown, walking the streets over by my office, I wouldn't know who he is. I I've never been a huge basketball fan. You might suspect though, because the dude's gonna be like True. six, eight, that six, would, nine at least. <laughs> but uh, no CFL team. Do you have a favorite it's CFL team? CFL, I would say if I had to pick a team of the nine, the one I root for is the Argonauts because mm -hmm. of the history. Mm -hmm. 
the history. And it also, there's also um, the Argonauts played the Cardinals twice mm-hmm. way back when mm-hmm. in two exhibition games. So there's that Cardinals tie-in that I've talked to with Joe Zimba over at when football was football was football. And hopefully Joe's going to do a show on the uh, Cardinals-Argonauts matchups. That would be cool. Yeah, I was going to say, when you when you name-dropped the uh, Chicago Cardinals there, I was going to say, yeah, you should talk to Joe Ziemba, host of another quality show here at the Sports History Network. Joe's a great guy. I've known him for years. <laughs> All right, Greg, thank you for coming on this kind of special bonus video edition of the SHN Showcase. Thanks for having me, and... Uh... We will be talking to you soon, my friend. This has been the Sports History Network Showcase Podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Greg James, co-host and producer of the podcast from the 55-yard line, the latter of which is available at sportshistorynetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The theme song for the SHN Showcase is Quartz by Anitech, and it is available through fair use agreement via freemusicarchive.org. SHN Showcase will be back soon with another Sports History Network podcast. Until then, this is Oz Davis saying stay safe and stay historical. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history. But as far as I'm concerned, we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment. You know that. Can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, Or who knows, maybe even write an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you gotta do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you gotta do, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com, head to the contact page, Fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.